Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the On the Way There podcast, which is a program for people who enjoy learning together and celebrating each other's growth. This is Amina, and next on our program, we have Dr. Ilham Nasser, who is an expert in education, teacher training, and research. So welcome, Dr. Nasser, to the program. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much, Amina, for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. We're so grateful that you were able to take the time to talk with us today, and we're going to go ahead and dive into the questions that we have for you. So I am so thankful I had the chance to work with you closely on one of your most recent projects, the Mapping the Terrain Study, part of the Advancing Education in Muslim Societies Initiative at the International Institute of Islamic Thought, a nonprofit organization in the Washington, D.C. area. Could you tell us more about this project and the current work you are doing at IIIT as the director and senior researcher for the Human Development Program? Sure. So thank you again, Amina, for having me on this program. And I hope that the lessons I learned throughout my journey are helpful to your audience. Let me start with this latest project that you just asked me about. And it's an empirical study that sounds kind of you know impressive, mapping the terrain study. But it's really um, one of the first, if I may say, studies to look at non-academic psychosocial competencies, skills, values that are part of the education systems or part of the uh, university systems in 14 uh, different uh, Muslim-majority countries. So we call it mapping the terrain because we are trying to get information using quantitative research methods, surveying and collecting data. We started the study in 2018 And we have partners in 14 to 15 different locations around the globe. The study, as I said, focuses on non-academic skills and competencies. Of course, these are important also for academic competencies. So I, you know, when I say psychosocial, sometimes people call them soft skills. I want to make sure that we're talking about life skills, Mm -hmm. empathy, about uh, competencies such as problem solving, critical thinking skills and forgiveness as important value to everyone. But when we practice it, when we attempt to be more forgiving, it gets harder and harder. So this study in my capacity as a senior researcher, and you know, we collected information the first year from uh, 30,000 people and then the second year from 20,000, focusing on schools, secondary education schools, youth in secondary education schools, their teachers, as well as college, university students. And in 2019-2020, we focused on the faculty in universities. And in 2018-2019, we focused more on parents of those students in secondary education. So we are trying to not only collect data and learn more, but we're also trying to give an example of how to conduct high quality research that is ethical in Muslim majority societies. The end result is that the data we collect has been shared on the IIIT website for people to use and look at certain countries. For example, someone may be interested in Muslims in India 
and they can use the data that we shared online to conduct an analysis and look at what's happening with the youth or university students in those places to learn more about the context in which each of those 14 different countries operates. The different contexts are important, even though the focus is on Muslim-majority societies, our study also includes non-Muslims and the mm -hmm. locations that are diverse, but many of our schools that serve Muslim youth in particular. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. It truly is such a meaningful project. And, you know, you have worked on so many inspirational and important projects over the years, and the work you do is very impactful. How did you decide to become both an educator and a researcher? And could you please walk us through your journey, starting from when you were a university student? It would be really helpful to know some of the different steps that you've taken along the way. Thank you. That's a very good question. I mean, it uh, takes me back uh, years back to my beginning. You know, I think that along the way, some of my steps were intentional and some others were unintentional, accidental twists in my journey as a professional, as an educator. I went into education because I wanted to become a school counselor and an English teacher at the beginning of my journey. And my bachelor's degree was in education counseling. Then I continued in my counseling career, hoping that I can become a counselor, helping people. And you know, everyone around me told me, this is a good job for, for a woman. And uh, bear in mind, this was, uh, we're talking 30 years ago, that people thought that, okay, you can be a school counselor, a teacher, you have a good schedule. And you have your summers off, so it's, it's a perfect fit for women at my age, that, you know, and my era. And then once I worked as a school counselor for a year or two, I, I just felt that this, is, this was not it. Continued my master's in counseling before I was able to work. And then in 1989, I'm, I'm Palestinian, and in 1989, after the first intifada, the uprising, it, became very difficult for us to be in Jerusalem where my husband and I lived. So we decided to apply and come to the U.S. to continue our PhDs. So I, um, I came here, I waited a year to figure out what is it that I want to do, you know, what's my next step. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I was always fascinated by research, always fascinated by the ability to conduct research and learn more. I had this curious mind about human development, child study. And I found the perfect program for me at the University of Maryland College Park. And that's where I started my journey as a researcher because there I was prepared as a researcher looking at education and psychology and ways they intersect. That was the beginning of this journey. After my PhD, I went into academia and I was at different institutions, spent the last 12 years at George Mason University. I was promoted to associate professor. And at some point I needed to make a decision. And that was one of those intentional decisions I made to mm -hmm. more international work because I wanted to be more in the Middle East. I wanted to contribute 
to my work and my community in Palestine. And that just became harder with my teaching schedule. So I decided to leave academia and do my own work. I worked as a consultant with UNICEF in Iraq. I worked as a consultant with other NGOs in Palestine. And it involved a lot of you know, travel internationally. And, and I was ready for that. And I, I enjoyed that. What was accidental is that I was asked to come for a consultation here at my current job, which was three years ago. I came to give a consultation on what, what is next for IIIT in terms of the mapping the terrain, but not only that, the bigger vision of advancing education in Muslim societies. And in the meantime, I was also conducting my own research, forgiveness and forgiveness education in the Middle East. I put together with the team and the co-author, put together the first curriculum to infuse forgiveness education in Arab schools in the Middle East and in social studies, history, religion, and Arabic classes. So we started training teachers on the use, high school teachers on the use of this curriculum. So I was already in the research, and when I came to IIIT to do this, give some advice on the new direction, I think it was a, a perfect fit. IIIT was looking at that point and supporting their theoretical work with the empirical study. And when I was offered the job, I started this massive uh, multi-site, large-scale study that I mentioned earlier. And since then, I've been actually not only um, collecting the data, but also trying to spread the word about the importance of conducting research, about making people comfortable with researchers coming from the West from the different, you know, contexts and, and conducting ethical research, hoping to become a model for younger researchers and others who are in the field of human development, education, or psychology. One of the most important lessons I learned really was the importance of mentoring and coaching. I shared and I was on committees of many PhD students at Mason, and I'm still serving on a few because I, I believe in the importance of that to mentor the younger generation, conducting research, figuring out some difficult questions that I think are important to ask. So that has been going on since I started and I've been, uh, since I started my career, I, I think that most of what I contributed is really in the you know, mentoring area. Well, I really appreciate you walking us through that. I can definitely attest to you being a fantastic mentor and a great educator. And I love how you told us more about the earlier part of your journey and how, you know, you were interested in being um, a counselor within the school setting. And then you realized that you just loved research so much more. And then you went after your PhD and then your journey of, you know, needing to come here to the U.S., with your husband to be able to complete your PhDs and the different amazing projects that you've worked on along the way and being a professor at George Mason for a long time as well. And then being a consultant for UNICEF and others with curriculum development and design and infusing forgiveness studies into Arab schools. And I find that so, so fascinating. And then you, you came 
to the triple IT. And it was such a great, I think, smooth transition. It just makes a lot of sense that, you know, you were working on, on this forgiveness study and research as well. And then, you know, you go and you, you work in the Advancing Education and Muslim Societies initiative, and you already had all that experience before. So going into this new project, I think that you were more than just prepared. You had not just the, the curiosity, but also the skills, the expertise that the leadership needed to take that on. And it's really amazing. And finally, as you look back now, what are some of the most important lessons or skills that you've learned on the way there that you think would be helpful for others to know? Thank you, Amina, and thank you for being my cheerleader. I, I think that what you pointed out is one of the first lessons I learned is that you, you know, it's, it's not enough to know your area and your content and your skills and, and being whatever, whether it's a researcher, a banker, uh, you know, but it's really the people's skills. And I know this might sound like a cliche, everyone says it, but it's harder implemented and done than said. So I, some of the lessons I, or skills I learned are actually the ones I'm researching right now. So for example, empathy, I was just looking at you know, this article talking about what are the needed skills after the pandemic and what are the new skills needed after the pandemic when people go back to the workplace. And of course, things like resilience, uh, empathy, the ability to communicate, to problem solve, the ability to have gratitude and collaborate with others, work with others. These are all human skills that are very much needed to survive as people as humans, but also to be successful in the workplace. Now, as I said, you know, you can really sometimes learn the hard way because you might find yourself as a professional who is starting, you might find yourself in places where this is not appreciated, where your attempt to be collaborator, your attempt to be team player is not really important, or you are in a place where it's more competitive than that and you cannot, you don't need to work together. I think if that's not for you and if that's not something that you would like to live in, if you can afford it, I would definitely not stay in such toxic environments. I think that part of what my journey is all about is finding the right fit for myself and being comfortable with who I am and the way I present myself and work with others. But I always appreciated the teamwork, the ability to work together, despite that it might be tricky sometimes and it might be harder sometimes, but I think that we can you know, do better if we can instill these kinds of uh, life skills. I don't want to call them soft skills, but I want to call them life skills in our world. So, and, and I think we should train people to become collaborators, to become people who can work with others well, communicate well, listen well. And I know lots of companies do that, but I think we need to do more, a lot more than that, for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I definitely agree with you that those life skills are so important with teamwork, with relationship building, with expanding partnerships, with, you know, encouraging and fostering uh, motivation internally and externally as well for the different projects that people are working on. And 
it's really great that also that you highlight the importance of you know resilience and, and empathy particularly in the current times that we are working in right now and unfortunately dr ilham nasser that's all the time that we have for our program today but it has been so delightful to talk with you and hear more about your journey and to learn from your expertise I'm sure that it is going to benefit listeners who are listening to this program. And we sincerely wish you all the best with all your current and future endeavors and appreciate your authenticity. You're just such a wonderful person in addition to being uh, such a wonderful researcher and educator. And I, I really, really am grateful for that. Thank you, Amina, and thank you for having me again. And I think this program is really helpful for you know not just the new newbies coming to the workplace but also for others who have who are in their midway or those who want to think about the new ways of working together after this pandemic thank you Mina. you're most welcome absolutely absolutely Thank you all for listening. To stay up to date about everything happening with the On The Way There podcast, including upcoming guests, you can follow our social media pages. Our Instagram handle is On The Way There IG, and we have a Facebook page, which you can find by searching for On The Way There podcast. And you can listen to this podcast on Anchor FM and Spotify. And thank you all again for listening. We hope that you'll join us next time. And really thank you for allowing another person's story to become a part of your journey as we are all on the way there.